Welcome to the DJ Cross Talk Podcast with your host, DJ JP. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the uh, DJ Cross Talk Podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to be here with Mike, DJ Mike Productions. But first, we have to say thank you to our sponsor today, which is the Brisket Boss. If you're looking for some good barbecue brisket, hit my man up the Brisket Boss. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Mike, how did you get your uh, DJ name? Well, uh, it was simple. My name went through phases as a youth. When I first started DJing, you know, it was always about the scratch. Uh, for me. And that's pretty much what drew me to it. It wasn't about the mixing. It was about the scratching at first. So my first name was Scratch Master G. Scratch so, Master G. Yes. Yes. So that was my first name until, you know, years later. Uh, but the funny thing with that, no one never called me by that name. <laughs> it didn't stick. It didn't stick at all, you know. So, you know, I was always called by my nickname and my nickname was Mike Mike. So that was always what people called me. It didn't matter in what setting. That's who I was. Okay. So when I got older, you know, and I thought about it, when I decided that I wanted to um, make this into a profession, you know, I thought about all of the names, the weird names and and so forth. And I thought from a business standpoint, that would push people away by me coming up with some outlandish name. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to be DJ Mike. I love it. I love it. You know, and I had had a few over the years too. I had called myself at one time, they used to call me Stymie in high school. I was Stymie J. Uh, Then um, somebody started calling me Papa Smurf. I went Papa Smurf for, for, for a hot moment, a hot moment. But it, I've had some great, crazy DJ names. So uh, how long have you been uh, in the game, Mike? How long have you been DJing? Well, uh, and I started when I was, I started in the summer of somewhere, I think around maybe 84. I was, I was going from the eighth grade to the ninth grade. So that summer or right before that summer, that's when I started DJing. Um, like the sophomore year of the eighth grade, I started DJing or that second half, not sophomore, but that second half, you know, how you, the school year is broken up in mm-hmm, two halves, you know, the winter and the summer or spring, whatever they call it. So when we came back to school around that second half, I started DJing. So going into the summer, that's when I started. So I would say around 84. So it's been well over 35 years Wow! Uh, that wow. I've been dabbing in the music industry. So I don't have to ask you that other question or did you start on turntables with with that number, that three in front of it? I know you started on turntables, but and now you've jumped into the digital age, which we all kind of love and appreciate because it's not brag breaking like it was with the uh, turntables and the all them record crates, man. That was rough, rough, rough. But the good thing about that, uh, and I just want to add, is the process in which I had to take because my mother wasn't, you know, uh, my mother wasn't rich. You know, we stayed in the hood. Uh, So me and one of my close friends, when we started, we didn't have the money to buy turntables or any of that. And man, I remember we had two 
broken down component sets that we wired together because we didn't have money to make you know to get a mix. We wired them boogers together so they could play <laughs> simultaneously, <laughs> huh? Together. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, it was crazy. So I if you like, think if you think that's bad and hard, I started flipping cassette <laughs> tape, getting that, you know, getting that little right on the thing, oh, yeah. flipping the tape oh, yeah. over, having cue points for my uh having a little black marks on my cassette tapes for the next song and flipping oh, over yeah. tape. So it th- they they really don't today does not yeah, understand yeah. the struggle. Yeah. They don't I understand. Yeah. I used to take the cassette tapes apart and make my own 120 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about I was so good at cutting a scotch tape, putting it together, and and I almost had a, you know, where it was a seamless transition from one part to another. I think we all perfected that. If you were into it and you didn't have the money to get it, you found a way to make it happen. Oh, yeah. So so we're going to move into the next question. And what, what drew you to DJ, Mike? What made you want to uh, be a DJ? Well, I've always had a love for music. Uh, and as a kid, you know, I had a uh, one of my uncles, he was big in music, and he used to make me uh, eight tracks. He would, you know, he had an eight track record and he would record songs for me and play them, you know, and and I would sit there and listen to those eight tracks forever. And, and then we got a cassette tape so I could rewind forward you know, because with you know with the eight track, it yeah, you couldn't wild. do that. All you could do was hit next song, yeah. next song, and it wasn't yeah, going back. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was just gonna skip to the next track. Yeah, and you had to listen to the whole thing. So I've always liked music, and and when, like I said, the, that that year of the eighth grade, when we used to get out of school, you know, for those of us that parents had a component set, we would you know open our front doors and play music, you know until our parents got, you know, before they got home and cut it off because you weren't supposed to touch oh, it. Oh, no, you ain't supposed to touch, touch it. that record for Yeah, yeah, don't touch it. So one of my close friends had came over and I was playing push the button. And he said, can you do this? And he scratched. And me, like, yeah, I can do that. I can do anything. <laughs> so I did. And from that moment on. You were locked in. I was locked in. I know, man. It's just uh, it's just something about some of that stuff. Uh, not just scratching, but just like I say, to me, it's just the two blendings of uh, two records going oh. together that just makes everything just I just love that. I mean, you you don't even it's like getting punched and you don't see it coming. The next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute. I was dancing to push it. Now, oh, we're on to nucleus now. So, you know, or something else or and you're like, where did that come from? So. I just love, I, I absolutely love it. That's, that's what makes me do it. I, not a big scratch guy, but I just love the smooth, tra- smooth blending of music. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Nice question. Yeah. Nice question. What is it about DJing that makes you want to continue to do it? Well, to be honest, it's, it's kind of what you touched on. It's the love for music, for one. And for me, I get, you know, I get a high out of seeing people react to something that I do. And and I'm not going to say that I'm a control freak, but I love that control aspect of being able to, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, and I've said this before, I feel like a doctor up there 
and I have all these patients, you know, in my in my office and I'm seeing every one of them and I'm giving them medications, you know, to see how they react. And all of that just it brings me joy to see people enjoy what I'm what I'm doing and for me to be able to enjoy it as well. You know, because music for me is a center point of my life. Yeah, my life without music wouldn't be like. Yeah, because there's nothing like just hearing your favorite song or a song that you love that you can steal away to mm-hmm. and just go listen to it and go back to a certain time or age or whatever. And uh, I'm I'm a little well, I won't say that, but you know I'm churchy, so uh, I gospel is kind of like something I steal away to sometime if I'm really dealing with something I can put on a gospel song and just and you know of course I love my Neil soul and but it's just it just gives you an escape to something different and you can pick a song for almost it's like finding something in the Bible you know what deals with this you can okay this song for me deals with that you know I can go back to a memory for each song that I uh, play yeah. so yeah it's a wonderful thing and i feel like i know a lot of this stuff because i've listened to all your podcasts and i and again i really really appreciate you coming on and doing this with me so and it's a blast uh, it's it's an honor to be on the other side of the tape and be able to answer the question yeah so, so yeah. i'm gonna drop this one on you and this is my question um to you we've talked a little about dj but what made mike the man he is today and how did you get where you are today? Well, um, that's a good question, Yeah, I want to hear your story, you know, some of the stuff you told me about and things you just want to share or whatever. Go wherever you want to. I would say what made me the person that I am today is how I handled the good and the bad decisions that I made in my life and where I determined to allow those decisions to take. And and I'll touch more in regards to that. You know, as a youth, uh, you know, I lived in a, uh, not even a middle-class neighborhood. I lived in a step up from the projects, so to speak. Okay. Uh, so, so I was exposed to a lot of things that I would say that you shouldn't be exposed to. And in life, you're 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 going to be influenced by something. And at a early age, I was influenced by the 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 glamour of some of the things that doing wrong provide. Uh, and in my teen years, like so many of us, we grew up in the crack epidemic. So we had people around that, you know, did various things. And I kind of got sucked up into that for for a moment. And with that, that took me on a whole nother journey of, of bad decisions that end up landing me in prison for 10 years, three months, and about 28 days. Wow. And I was, I had just turned 19 uh, when that happened to me, uh, 1990, May the 20th, I was locked up. So all of the 90s for me, pretty much, I missed. And I spent that in prison. But during that time, I made a decision shortly on while I was there that this is not the life for me. This is not how I want to spend my life. So I took the time to, number one, educate myself, uh, to the best of my ability. I looked at what 
was um, from a job standpoint, I looked at what was uh, the best thing to do. And I realized that computers were one of those things. So one of the first things I did, I learned how to type because at that time, like, hey, you can get a job doing data entry and blah, blah, blah. So I learned how to type. You know, and and I started taking other computer courses and so. But during that time, I learned some very valuable lessons in life. And I had the opportunity to meet some people that really helped me to shape and mold myself into what I am today. Yes. And some people in those type of situations, they don't want to acknowledge that and they want to act like that never happened. And for me at a certain point, me at a certain point in life, I didn't want to acknowledge that. I didn't want anyone to know that because I was so ashamed because I felt like I was better than that. And I had to realize that No, you're better by acknowledging that that happened. And what makes you better is what you did in order to come out. So can I ask you a question? Yes, please. What have you done with it to reach back and try to help other young men that to try to prevent them from getting into that same situation? I've spoken at some schools early on. I've spoken at some schools. But one of the things that I try to do is help as many as I can. But the one thing that I will say is this, that it was a process for me, one, because I was in denial about that. I was ashamed of that. So I haven't been able to do what I can do because of that shame. So I have done things without ever mentioning that aspect or that part of my life. Because I know me and you've had conversations and you've told me some things and you asked me if I would know. And I said, no, I had no idea. I don't judge you. I mean, Mike, you're a great guy. I mean, I love you to death. You're pouring into my life. So uh, tremendously. And we all make mistakes. Some of us just don't get caught. Mm-hmm. So I always look at it like that, because I'm sure there's other people out there who've made probably worse mistakes and haven't had to deal with the consequences of life. But go ahead, man. I don't want to interrupt the story. Let me, go oh, ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I second that, Jeff. You know, we all carry, you know, shame. What we have to realize is you determine your next move. You determine what you're going to do with the mistakes. And your mistakes do not have to define the rest of your life. Absolutely. And that's something that's something that I believe, but I had to really come to grips with that as far as the accept. And and now at this point in my life, you know, it doesn't matter because, you know, I am who I am. And Absolutely. That have a problem with that and and they want to put on a judgmental hat, then, hey, you know, have fun with it. But know that there's not a, a person walking on the face of this earth that is not under that same umbrella of making mistakes. It's been a journey, man, and I, I really appreciate the journey and I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Because everything that I've went through has prepared me to be what I am and what I will be. And some people, and I tell people this, there are things that I see in people and in situations, I wouldn't be able to see that if I didn't go through what I went through. Absolutely. And I got to chime in right here because now that we've become really, really close and we communicate daily, you are the best analyzer of people that I have ever seen besides my mother. I used to laugh at my mom or... 
she don't know what she's talking about. So I had to find out the hard way sometimes with certain people she told, you don't need that person in your life. But brother, you will talk, I will tell you about somebody, you have a conversation, read their email or their post, and you got them figured out. I mean, like you'll tell me something about somebody. I haven't even told you who it was. They don't give you your name. And you can tell it's a that's an amazing thing that you have a gift. And that's why I need the uh you around me to weed out those type of people because it really sometimes I just can't see it because I'm trying to be so giving and forgiving or just trying to hold on and dig some good out of them. But you tell me right up front, no, that person doesn't mean you any good. And I'm starting to listen and uh, take heed to it or at least watch what what you give me as far as uh, how you think people are. And I, man, you, that means a lot to me in dealing with people in, in the industry and other things in life too, just other situations. Well, I appreciate that. And I, and, and I've told people this before, and I think that's a gift along with, you can have a gift, but it takes situations in life to help, to help you get better with that gift. Yes. You know, you know, to sharpen that knife, you know, the knife is raw, and if you keep cutting on stuff, it's going it's going to get dull. So, in order for it to stay sharp, you have to continue to work at sharpening that knife. And for me, life has helped me to to be better at seeing things that some people may not see. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of times we walk blindly. Well, we don't walk yeah. blindly. We walk where we only see what we want to see. And sometimes exactly. it's good for somebody to open those blinders up just a little bit so you can ask, I want you to really see exactly what I'm trying to tell you because you may not, you probably don't see it because you think this person means you good or whatever. But when you, when I talk to you about it sometimes or give you a situation, it's like, okay, he gives it to me wrong. And man, I wish more of us were like that. We don't really do it. A lot of us want to hide and be fake and never come out and really say the truth about what we really feel so we don't burn any bridges or we don't upset anybody but really and truly you just setting up for an explosion because the bridge in front of you is going to blow up one day led by that person pushing the uh ignition to blow it up in front of you so mm-hmm. yeah and if i can chime in on that I yes think, you can and when i have people on the podcast and and i don't know how serious people take this but one of my main things is be yourself and be transparent. And I know some people may not like what I'm about to say. I'm not going to say I could care less. Before you say it, can I say it? This is what I love about you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't care when it's something right. I shouldn't have to be apologetic to you when it's something right. And I think so many of us live lives based on lies that when the truth enters the room, we get offended. And, and it's a sad thing that we will hold on to that lie to our last, our last breath instead of just accepting the truth. Because sometimes to accept the truth means that you have to do so much work and throw away so much trash out of your life that you don't want to. Yeah. And you'd be so worried about how people are going to see you and accept you and so forth. Newsflash, they really don't like you anyway. <laughs> and they don't care, to no. be honest. And they want to see you fall. So they always trying to help you. So, I mean, you got some good people in your life, but oh, there's yeah. also some that yes. are trying to help you fall or will yes. trip you if they get an opportunity to. So hopefully a lot of us are not dealing with those and everybody's on your team and pulling for you. But that's not always the case. So make oh, sure man. you weed out the trash. 
And you have to you have to know who's for you and who's against you. And I would say this, it's not your job to run them through the mud or be ugly to them. No, it's just you have to read you have to redefine the contract. Yeah, and I yeah. still can say hi to you, I can say bye to you, I can have a conversation with you, but just know that I have renegotiated the contract. There is no trust factor in regards to how I view you and what I think you will bring into my life. Renegotiate the contract. Oh, you have to. You know, people people rewrite, tear up, and redo contracts all the time. All the and, time. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. And when I say this, I'm not here for hate. I don't hate people. I don't, I don't, that's a job. When you have to hate something, you have to remind yourself, oh, I gotta hate Jeff today. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, Jeff did this. You have to make yourself mad. And some people, they live their whole lives based on that. Don't have don't, time for that. Yeah, don't I, don't, I'm, I don't like that. One of the things I like about music is music brings me joy. Yes. So my life is one that I want to live that's filled with joy. I don't need the doom and gloom. No. Absolutely. So I'm glad you were able to tell your story. And for those who don't know, oh, yeah. the first time you listen to this podcast, you may have your mouth open or you may have a drop lip. Mike uh, kind of came to me and said he wanted to get this story out here. So this is one of the reasons why we're doing the podcast. Or I'm getting to interview Mike. He's my third guest on the show. So I'm glad he came on. So now we're going to move back into the industry a little bit. So yes. what are some of the things you don't like about the current DJ industry or something you don't like? Some things I'll give you a wide open because you've been doing a lot of interviews. So I don't like the shadiness of the business and the and what I mean by that, I don't like the arrogance that so many of us have in the we are team, but I'm not on your team attitude that that's portrayed. And it's like everybody is trying to push each other down. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody wants to be transparent or honest. You know, we we've just went through this big thing with pricing and I'm not going to go into that. But we went through this big thing with pricing. And my point is, if everybody learned to be honest and realize that nobody can knock you down or take your position. You are who you are. And whatever that is about you that makes you special, ride that horse into the sunset. Ride it. Yes. You know, and, and, I'll, and I'll just give a quick example. Okay. Uh, one time I was at an event and a guy that I did some stuff and some music was playing. We were both DJing an event. Some music was playing. And, and I said, man, that's my mix. I know my mix. So he was up there pretending that he was mixing a song or songs and he was playing my CD. Yeah, I, 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 I really I can't say anything right now, Mike. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah. yeah, but 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 I'm going to say this here, man, that had I was I was pissed off because this other person was like, man, man, he jamming. I said, he sure is. <laughs> so I, I pray you didn't call him out publicly right No, there. no, no, I didn't. But the point that I want to make is that that bothered me until I went back and I thought about it. And I came to this conclusion. Man, no matter what he do with whatever I've done before, he'll never be me. Absolutely. 
He will never be able to duplicate me in the purest form because just like me trying to duplicate Jeff, it's impossible because Jeff plays music based on his experiences, his feelings, and how he views the world. Absolutely. And Mike does the same thing. Yeah. So that's the uniqueness in it. And that's what bothers me about our industry. You have people holding on to something that they shouldn't be trying to hold on to. Hold on to you. Yeah. You. Yeah. And like you say, one of the biggest problems you hit on it is transparency. Um, and I really, I hate to say it, but I'm one of my things, we need certification or some kind of standard. Oh, I agree. I yeah, agree. but there's no way to do it because you got it's such a wide array and nobody wants to uh, be certified or told they have to get a certain thing in order or have a certain standard to uh, measure up because we probably would all be, not all of us, but some of us would be missing in an area or two or we would need growth and we don't want to work on anything. We just want to go work. Nobody yeah. wants, well, everybody likes change, but nobody wants to be to changed. change. Yeah. And nobody wants to put in the hard work to make. No, the change. no, no, no. I want to just lie and say that I'm this and I'm that and charge whatever I want to charge. True. That, uh, there you go. Say it, but not be it. So, Mike, what is your biggest must do as a DJ? My biggest must do is educate yourself in every way possible. So you can be the best that you can be as a DJ, as a business owner, and so forth. Educate yourself. And that education means become a great business person by learning what you need to learn about the business and do it the right way. And become a great DJ by bettering your craft. You, and I just have to jump in on that. You, you're Please. so right because so many of us have gotten in, we got a good little spot, but we don't want any education. We don't want to go to a conference and learn anything. We, we think it's a waste of our time. We don't want to, hey, attend DJ Crosstalk meetings. We don't want to hear anything else. But we will be in a group and sponge up and suck up anything that somebody puts in there that I don't have to attend or spend any money on. Like I say, man, going to Mobile Beat the first time I went, maybe five, six years ago, totally changed my life. Because I was, I'm not going to say, I was a good DJ. But I, I can understand that part of it. But business-wise, I was not on point. And I was afraid to charge what I thought I was worth. So, or I didn't really understand the money game of it. So going there just really gave me a whole new insight on the business side of it. And it totally changed my game. So I went from, you know, doing what I was doing to now, you know, where we're at today. So you got, you're right. You got to learn, you got to be learning in area, in your skills, MCing classes. You know, sometimes maybe I need to go learn or do something different, but that's why I check out everybody that I'm around. If I'm doing a photo booth, trust me, I'm listening to the DJ to learn something new from him or whoever it is to try to pick up a new technique, new mix, anything just to make me better, not to take them down, not to go, hey, you sucked at this. No, thank you for what you gave me. I don't really care about the rest. So that's how that's how I look at it. And I and if I can, and I think the best thing to do is I like to use myself as example, as an example. I remember the first time that I came to one of the meetings mm -hmm. and and i think and i want to thank dj smooth b for inviting me because he's the reason that i came to the group okay. and i'm just going to say this 
for me, I was one that I never associated with a lot of DJs because of the the ego tripping and the arrogance of the industry and and how I came in contact with a lot of people that they were very selfish, very self-centered. And that wasn't how I wanted to be. Um, yeah. So when I first came to the meeting, I was I was so surprised and and and, and taken aback by being in a room with a group of DJs that were all operating with one common goal, which was to be better from a business standpoint and so forth. And when I sit there and, you know, because at first I was just watching, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a person, I'm going to study, you know, the room. And, and again, like I've told you before, I always keep the white coat on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm always, I always have my doctor coat. Okay. So I'm, I'm watching from afar and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, wow. And then I'm listening to some of the conversations. I said, wow, hmm, interesting. So when I did that, I felt so good about that, that I told some of my other close friends, DJ friends, mm -hmm. and I invited some. Of, I actually took a couple of those guys back with me uh, because it was like being in that situation was like being in a cocoon, you know, and you're getting all the nutrients and everything and you come out of that cocoon as a beautiful <laughs> butterfly. <laughs> Absolutely. So me being in the industry so long, I would lie. I would be lying to you if I said that when I went there, I didn't learn something or see something because I did. It helped to push me in a whole nother direction. It gave me a different focal point. Well, that was the purpose of Crosstalk, man. I, I've been in enough DJ groups. I've been around enough DJs to where it's always turned negative and really people come in just to suck up. Like I always put when I invite new people in the group, don't be a sponge or don't be a wallflower. Contribute. Put something back in the group. Don't just come in here and suck up all the knowledge and not say anything because there's no dumb statement. Just put it out there or question and we can all learn something from it. So man, it, stuff like that makes me know we're doing something right with Crosstalk or it was a good idea because my whole thing wasn't to boost me or put me. It was just to to try to help the industry as a whole because I hate people knocking down other DJs. Uh, teach them. Don't go talk like bad setup groups. Hey, go tell some. Hey, man, can I help you if you do this, 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 this? Your setup, or you'll look better. So that, that, that's the part that I just wish everybody would do is be different on that aspect. Yeah, well, it's just it's kind of hard, Jeff, because everybody has an agenda. The hard part is people being transparent about their agenda, you know, and, and that's where, you know, we'll forever be having this conversation. You know, hopefully we can get to the point to where we're not having it as much by doing the things that we need to do. And when you implement different things in life, processes, procedures, and so so forth, you know, people do one or two things. They either get on the ship or they get off. Yeah, they either get on or get off or they sit there and complain about it or they get yeah, on and complain well, and then well, you end up having to put them off. Yeah, well, that's that's where, you know, they have to walk the plane. Yeah, absolutely. There's been some that I've had to push off already. Yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah. so moving on. Yeah, so moving on. What is your biggest don't as a DJ? What 
What don't you try not to do? I try not to be. Don't be so full of yourself that you can't. Um, you can't. Well, let me let me restate that because I got that was a good question and that's crazy because I've asked this question and you've answered it a few hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and it's just with life, man. You know, every day is a different day, and you could have a different set of emotions. And today, my biggest don't is is don't be someone that can't relate to your audience as a DJ. Okay, don't I like that. Someone, I like that. Yeah, don't be someone that comes into a room and has a set agenda that even if the agenda doesn't work, you will not go away from that. Don't ride that horse into the lake and kill yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, some of us will do that. Yeah, yeah you and you, uh, be flexible. Flexible. You have to because DJing is about doing the impossible. And sometimes we have the impossible at our events that, yeah. okay, this playlist that they wanted is not possible. So let's do the impossible. Or oh, it's not working. So let's try yeah. to possibly dig this out of the ditch and put yeah. it back on the yeah. road. Yes. So be open, be flexible. You no, know, because yeah. if not, if not, you're going to have one of those situations and maybe more than then less where you're going to be standing there, like they say, having a Serato face. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be flexible to work with the planner, the bride, the mama, oh, yes. uh, everybody, yes. uh, you know, and just flexible. And that way people go away remembering you as, oh, he was great to work with, even if the music don't work, but you were great. He tried everything he could to make sure my day was special. So you you really, really do have to be like, I like that. That's a great point, Mike. I love how we get to put these questions back on you after you've been doing Oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you about nine or ten interviews in on yours and everybody yeah. gives you a different answer of what they don't like from money yeah. to music to certain things about the industry. So this one right here is one of my favorite questions that you ask, and I'm sure you know what's coming. So I've heard you speak on this subject on your podcast. Do you feel that being able to mix is an important tool that you should have in your toolbox? And why do you think DJs are not taking the time to learn how to do this basic craft? Yes, I think it's important to uh, I can't even begin to say how important that is, because it's it's like any other profession, you know. So so asking that question is equivalent to me saying, do I think running? is important in football. <laughs> so, so so if you can't run, you can't, you can't play, play football. So what yeah. you're saying is if you can't mix, you can't actually well, be counting your well, Hey, you don't, I'll say it. What okay. I'm saying is if you don't take the time to learn how to mix, you put yourself in such a small box that sooner or later, the only people you're going to be able to deal with is people that are unaware of what you should be or what should take place. And if they come in contact with somebody that that knows what they're doing, you will not have a job. You will not have a job. And I'm saying you cannot call yourself a complete DJ if you don't know how to mix. Okay. We're going to have so, to subtitle you. We got to subtitle you. I know the answer to that one already, too, from my. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, but we have to. We have to say, okay, he's a DJ or or he or she is a DJ per se. Per se. 
we need the video of this one to be released because uh, Mike is going in hard. But let's let's. So this is how they get away with it, because in the wedding industry, it's not like you're in a club. So most of these people that are not doing it or not trying to learn or wedding DJ. So you don't really have to learn because it's kind of not it's not required at a wedding. So you can smoothly fade. Talk to uh-huh. I beg to differ. I'm just I'm being devil's advocate, as you say. Well, who said that it is not? I've heard several people on who, your who? On your it podcast. seems like the people that will say that are people that are pushing their own agenda so they don't have to be responsible for knowing how to do that. I, I disagree. The only difference with a wedding than a party is you have other functions that are taking place. At the end of the night of the reception, there is a party. So you're yes. telling me that that party is different than a birthday party? No. So, so I can't. Go ahead. Let me say this. So, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just trying to play. But what? I, how can I put this? Um, when you're DJing and you, I'll tell you what, I would like to challenge every DJ that says it's not necessary when it comes party time to hit the red button on whichever program you're using, Serato Recordbox, record your set, put a visual thought in your mind. Don't look at what you're doing. Just play as normal. And look at it and look at your dance floor while you're DJing and then come back later on and listen to that and think about what happened. I guarantee you when you slow down and play to the end of the song and face out, you lose a portion of your dance floor because they're going to be like, OK, where was it? But they may come back. But there, some of them are going to walk off because it was that way. Or when you talk through a transition or when, you you know, I don't know, there's all kind of ways to do it. But I would challenge each and every one of them to hit the red button and record a set. Oh, it was a great set. OK, record it and go back and listen to it. And you try to dance to it and tell me how great it was. So that's my challenge to everybody that listens to this. I'm not complaining. I only want to tell you it's important. I want you to just go listen to it. Well, I, better yet, I wish you could roll tape and watch your audience for the whole time that you DJ a set at a thing without knowing how to mix and, and really look at how people, or when they all turn around and look at you when they're getting beat with the songs clapping together. So you can you can say it don't matter, but it does. But to you, it doesn't because it's still working and nobody has called you on the carpet and drug you through the rug or say, hey, I thought you were a club DJ or I thought you were this. But that's that's so that would be my challenge. Can they accept the challenge? Will they accept the challenge? Will you hit the red button? Probably not. But I'm challenging you to do it. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to let nobody listen to it. Just hit the red button and go back and listen to it and see if you can dance to what you said was great. And and if I can just add this on, I think one of the things that we should do, we should create a focus group, you know, a focus group. Yeah. Is that what they call it? A focus group? Uh, What do they call those groups that they put together and they ask them all of these questions to basically get their point? You mean like a get some brides or some people? Just just a whole focal group, as they call it, and get them together and. And ask them and ask the questions. How do you feel about this? If someone did this in this manner versus that manner, which one would you like? If someone slammed you into a song, went from 85 BPMs to 122 BPMs, how would that affect you? Or would you like for someone to gradually get you there? 
or build up the room. Yeah. I, I'm so glad. I'm 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 gonna say thank you to DJ 83, Andre Dean the third, who taught me to build tempo, to know when to slow it down, to bring it, but now we don't really slow dance like we used to, or the way they used to dance in clubs. But he taught me everything from you build up a room, you bring it back down, you build it back up again. And just all those little things. And I just feel like, I mean, and now it's so easy because everything is on the computer screen. You don't have to go count each record and write 92 on it, 108 or whatever. It's all in the screen. It's all done for you. All you got to do is just follow the map, make playlists and, and do it. But a lot of people just refuse to do it or make excuses not to do it. And I, and I also think, Jeff, and I want to say this because I don't want people to which I know they will. They'll hang on a couple of syllables and ride that horse. And I Fox just News quotes. They, they're going to yeah. get it like Fox News yeah. or MSNBC. Yeah. They're yeah. going to hang on two yeah. words. Yeah. I can't. He said. Yeah. yeah, you listen to the whole thing. <laughs> That's what you need to do. And, and, and I'm going to say this. I'm not saying that by you not doing this, that it makes you less than a person. I'm not saying that. My whole focus is this. Why wouldn't you want to be the best version of yourself that you can be? Why would you just say, hey, I'm going to just do this and do that because this works for me and try to hang on to that. And then with the same birth or the same breath, try to say that you are complete. You're not complete and nothing is stopping you from being complete but you. Absolutely. And a lot of times I have to go back to this. It's the change thing. They don't want to change. They don't want to go through. A lot of people don't want to go through the uncomfortableness of what it will take to be better. Yeah. Just think uh, a good one. Well, this has never happened. But what if we all had to go back to DJing in clubs to earn our money? What would they do then? Would they learn? I don't know. I think so. You ain't gonna DJ no club. You're not going to be a DJ in no club slamming. Yeah, you may have to go into a different profession. You may get a beer bottle thrown at you or something, or some yeah, drunk person yeah. like what? So I mean, it, we can talk about it forever, but yeah, it's but a, no, like you say, it's up to them to change. But like I say, it's different for us thirty-year veterans because we came in. That was the first thing we had to learn, yeah. and you had to learn how to do it. Otherwise, people didn't take you seriously back then. Yeah. And I'm gonna say this here, Jeff, and you can go on to the next question or whatever you have. Okay, it's your fault, sir. Remember when I told you with my name, it was Scratch Master G. Yes. In the beginning, the only thing I cared about was Scratch. Man, I don't care nothing about that mix and stuff. I don't want to do that. That's the only thing I cared about until I had a a life changing situation, and I'm listening to stuff. I'm like, man, uh, man, that's good. I can't do that. And, and, and I, I'm studying because I listen to other DJs every day, you know, on the radio. I'm listening. And I'm like, man, that sounds good. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I got to learn how to mix. Mike, I can't let it go without saying this, man. You You just hit it on the head. I got to learn to do this. I heard this and I'm like. I can't. Oh, my God. But they don't say that. They say they make every excuse for in the world that is not needed or is not wanted. Uh, It only takes just practicing. You can pre-plan your whole set to where everything is easy laid out for you. You make a playlist and you just follow that playlist and going from. 62 now with all this slow rap and all that stuff from Old Town Road all the way up to Fireball by Pitbull. But. It's it's a, you can lay out your own roadmap. You can pre-record your sets at the house if you're worried about it. And then if you need to change up, you can always jump in and change it. But I just don't understand. 
We, we gotta go. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna add this last thing in for those of you that think that mixing is pushing pushing auto sync live. You're not mixing. Oh, uh, you! It still takes a little bit to get them on this. You still got to catch them and get them on the right hey, beat. Right? Hey, I give them that much. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I still, I, I ain't gonna give them that. That's I not know. mixing. That's not mixing. That is not mixing. That is called cheating. Cheating. Okay. Learn yeah. how to mix because just because you push auto sync and and sync two songs up does not mean that those songs should be mixed. Absolutely. There's yeah. more to it than that. You know, you have well, stuff that complement each other. Close your laptop and do it without yeah. looking at it, too. But hell, half yeah. of them ain't looking at that anyway, either. So it don't matter. They're just finding the point of the song and coming across. So it's all good. But we're, we're going to stop. I mean, yeah. we can talk about this for days, hours, as as they call us purists. So us purists, we'll leave that alone. Uh, we need, and make sure you add this to your podcast, which I'm going to add to mine. Oh, a lot. No, I'm talking about the. Have you ever touched any turntables in your life? Oh, yes. We talked oh, about that. Yes. Do you know yes, what a twelve hundred? Do you know what a twelve hundred is? Uh, do you know what a twelve ten is? Is that a silver or black? Or what is that? You know. So if you ask those questions, then that you'll already know the answer. Yes. So yeah. now that we're gonna get off that, this is my last question. What about the business that you don't like or think we need to improve on? I don't like the the separation of the business. I don't like the fact that we can't work as a team. I don't like the fact that it's a whole lot of eyes and no weeds. And the fact that we have a lot of people that say that we're weak when that's the farthest thing from the truth. And I don't like those things because I think that in itself leads to so many other issues that we have in the industry. I just have to ask, because I really want to what do you mean by the eyes? What what is give me can you give me an example without you know just calling somebody out and tell me exactly what you mean? Because I'm uh, I I think I know what you're talking about, but I want to know exactly what you mean. When I say I, when you're just about I, that means that you can lie about what you charge. You can lie about what you do. You don't have to be honest with nobody. You know, when I say the I. Hey, man, uh, where did you get that song from? Oh, man, I don't know. I got it from someplace. When I say the I, nobody is willing to help no one. But we all have an opinion on something. But we can't help no one. When someone asks for help, you come up with an excuse why you can't do it or why you won't do it. That's what I mean by I. You got a whole lot of eyes up here, a whole lot of big people up here that say that they're all this and that in a bag of chips. And when you ask them for help, they turn their back on you. And I have to chime in because you you hit it right on the head. So new to the market, just got here, just, well, I won't say new to the market, but new to weddings because I was still doing like house parties and different things before I jumped into the wedding game. Reached out to one of the eyes here and I asked him, hey man, what do you think I should put my advertisement dollars? Not waiting wire. What do you think I should advertise? Facebook, whatever. Uh, put it in all of them. Needless to say, that I, I lost all my respect for that I. I have no respect for that individual. And he's probably another reason why I created DJ Crosstalk. Because if you're successful, why not tell other people how to be successful? Because there's enough business out here for all of us. Why not pick somebody else up so they can be knowledgeable in the game and make it better 
charge more or earn more and and just help. I mean, I don't I just I don't get it, Mike. And that's why I'm so glad you said that about Crosstalk, because that's why I created it, because I wanted it to be a safe space where we can all learn. If you want to learn the opportunity, if you don't and you feel like you are I, go ahead and be your I. We'll be a we over here and we'll try to make people better. But if you don't want to, that's that's fine by me, too. If all you want to do is complain and say what's not going on, feel free to stay over there in ideal and do that. One of my uh, one of my best DJ friends and God rest his soul, DJ Big Easy. And me yes. talk about great it. brother, great brother. You know, the 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 way that I met him was because of something that he went through. He's from Louisiana. He moved down here. And when we talked, he said, yeah, he said, man, um, I've dealt with several DJs and tried to get help from them, you know. Talk to them about, you know, libraries, sharing music, showing me how they set up their stuff and so forth. Nobody will help me. It's sad. He said, I, nobody. Will nobody. Help me. And man, I met him. He poured so much into me. And I'll give you another story. I was in Crossroads Audio, met another DJ. I'll go ahead and call it. It's Mario, a good friend of mine, a guy, you know, uh, he was here. He had been here almost three years. Nobody he said nobody would really help him or show him anything. To this day, he still tells me thank you for because what how what can I do? I can't take it to the grave with me. What I'm gonna do with it? I mean, I can share. So I I put him in the market and I started telling him you know things that would help him advertisement wise, getting him in the game, trying to help him get gigs or introducing him to other people because. What is it? I can't. I just don't understand the selfishness of the others who feel like if I give you anything, I'm giving away a trade secret or you're going to steal all my. If you're good and you're handling your business, there's no need to worry about anybody. Again, I say seven to 10 DJs out. Everybody, I even some when we having a crazy night in Alliance, I posted in the group to see who I was working. I see all these guys working, but yet we still got all these people working. Why do we have to have this secret thing about anything dealing with the business when everybody can work? That's great. Jeff, uh, man, I have shared my library and I have a very extensive music library. Uh-huh. I have shared my library well over 20 different DJs, Mm -hmm. well over. Not only shared, I have organized their library, organized their music, and showed them a better way to do things. I have guys that call me for help at any given time. Hey, Mike, uh, my hard drive won't pull up on my Mac. Uh, What do I need to do? I'm at a gig. And mind you, yeah, there are people that I do work for that pay me to do work for them because it's my time. But what people have to realize is this. Even with that, I do so much more for people to help them because, like I told you earlier, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that we have the same music. We're different. Absolutely. Because you're not going to probably not going to play what I play with. something. And uh, Yeah, and we all do it different. Uh, I love listening to Pat sometimes because his his style is uniquely different than anybody I know. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You know, listening to other people, everybody's different. Uh, Jorge, he has a very unique, different style. And just everybody's different. So none of us, you're not, no matter what you do, I can't be Mike and Mike can't be Jeff and Jeff can't be Mike. So we're all different. 
And you just have to realize that trade secrets really don't exist. I mean, unless you're going to play somebody's CD or something. Yeah. And the only <laughs> thing what we can do by working as a team, we strengthen each other and Absolutely. help each other to be strong. Oh, my God. That's it right there to make this. If we're all going up the ladder together or working together, I mean, and we don't have to. You don't have to tell me how much you charge or nothing like that. But if we're all working to make each other better, we can all charge more. You can all charge more because, you know, he's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. So it's just building the industry. And I'm going to keep fighting. Y'all, you can get mad at me. Hey, I'm with you, bro. We're going to keep fighting to make Dallas industry better. I'm just going to keep on doing stuff. I'm going to keep on pouring. If you want this goal, come get it. If you don't, Stay over there and be on Team Ivyville. And yeah. that's fine with me, too. Lonely so, streets. Yep. So, Mike, how can they get in contact with you? I know you got the podcast going, but how can they find you on social media? Well, you can find me uh, at DJ Mike Production, and that's singular, not pool. Production. Production. Uh, you can find me at Mike Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, or you can find me at All Hardy Deaf Party. Um any one of those, you can Google me and I'll pull up. <laughs> you know, you I, can... <laughs> I'm glad you said that. So go ahead. What else do you do too besides DJing some of those other great skills you have? Because you've done uh, some stuff for me too. Yes. Well, uh, I am what is called a digital strategist. That means that anything that you need from a digital standpoint is something that I do, you know, whether that be website, Facebook, I mean, uh, social media management, content creation, SEO, um, graphic design, uh, website management, uh, and so forth. You know, uh, concepts, ideas, all of those things I handle. Those are things that I do on a daily basis, 24-7. You know, and if I had to say, this is a funny thing. You know, I DJ full time, but DJ is more part time because I do more of the online work. Man, I I just have to say thank you, Mike, for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed it, brother. I'm glad you were able to get your story out for those who don't know the story of of your history and all of that. And uh, you were able to open and share it. And you wanted to share it with me because you could have told anybody, hell, you could have did it on your own podcast. But you said you was going to do it with me. And, uh, brother, I just want us to continue to grow the industry together. And I just really appreciate you coming on, man. And keep doing what you're doing with a DJ's perspective because it's shining a light on a lot of things and getting, you know, a lot of do's and don'ts and likes and different things. And all the DJs are different. I love Fallon's interview. Uh, got to listen to Garrick's this morning. Uh, again, Pat Jorge, uh, DJ Shine, your friend, the strip club. He was he was excellent, man. And uh, <laughs> so, but so, you know, and then I can come back and tell you verbatim because I mean, I listen. Because I'm always trying to learn, brother. I am a I'm a learner. I I don't know everything, and I love this industry. So when somebody pours something out there for me to get it, I'm trying to get my bucket full because that oh, yeah. one again, that one nugget that I can find can make the difference in my year, my month, a day. I could you might say something. Okay, I can use that on a bride or on a vendor or a venue to try to sweep. So I don't know why people don't want to try to learn in an environment that wants to teach you. So if you want to learn, come and hit us at DJ Crosstalk, y'all. Uh, get in the group. Don't be a sponge. Don't be a wallflower. Yeah, each yeah. one, teach one. Yeah, each one, teach one. Let's bring the whole industry up together as a whole. But again, thanks, Mike. Anything else you want to say? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 
Thank you for having me on. Um, uh, I'm glad that I was able to uh, share uh, some of my thoughts and my feelings you know, on the industry and be able to share some of my history. And I th thank you guys. And again, uh, I second that, hey, if you're looking to learn, you're looking to grow, come to DJ Crosstalk. All right. Do what you got to do. Absolutely. Once again, y'all, this was sponsored today by The Brisket Boss. My boy Royce, uh, hit him up on Facebook, Royce Simmons, The Brisket Boss. Again, thank you, Royce, for sponsoring this particular episode. And y'all, we're out. DJ Crosstalk, catch us on the run, y'all.